Hello, everybody. It's Paul Garns, executive producer of Queen Sugar. We're here today to talk about Queen Sugar, episode 711. And I have two very well-informed, beautifully confident, wonderful guests who do very different things on the show. And I've known both of them for a very long time, so it's going to be a good conversation. I'm going to start off with the line producer, who never gets to be on podcasts for some reason. But they have a lot to say. And this line producer is Cheryl Miller. Hello, Cheryl. Hello, Paul Garns. How are you? Pleasure to be here. We're also joined by one of the most mysterious characters of Queen Sugar. We've been hearing this character's name for seven years. And in this episode, in this season, we finally meet Betty. Vanessa Bell Calloway, how are you? Ooh, I'm good. How are you guys? Good. I like being mysterious. Mysterious. <laughs> so uh, let's start with you. I mean, you've watched the show once or twice before. No, let me tell you something. This is what was so funny when I was offered the job. When I, when I watched the show, I DVR it, and I know every episode because I haven't missed one since the beginning. Oh, so when I was called, it was like, I don't have to say, I don't need no research. I don't need to research. I know all the characters. I knew what was going on. So, yeah. And then Cheryl Miller, you started off the show as the production supervisor. I did. And became the line producer in season five, right? Six. Six. Officially in season six. I was and doing it in season five. And doing it in season five. But officially in season F- Officially in season six and finishing out the series as a producer in season seven. Right. What was the experience like at Queen Sugar? I mean, it, it's been a long road. I'm asking it not like I don't know because I was there with you the whole time, but I think other people would like to know what that experience was like for you. Queen Sugar is mm, phenomenal experience. It's a sense of family that is in front of the camera and behind the camera. So the cast and the crew work together like I've never seen before, but also the crew that we had for seven years. We had so many people that started out with us in one position, and they graduated. They grew. And I've never been on a show where I've seen so many people excel in their skill level. You know, from the AD department, it was just all over the place. And it's it's wonderful to be a part of something like that because you're paying tribute to the crew and the cast that you work with each and every day. And after seven years, you know who's got a soccer game. You know who somebody's grandmama, can she make that potato salad for the person who doesn't like eggs? Crew members know who I'm talking about. Um, it's a lot. It's a lot. And so I, when I think of Queen Sugar, I think of the Queen Sugar family first. Mm-hmm. And that includes cast and crew. So as we kind of went into this season and we really, Ava's mandate to the writers were, how do we kind of revisit some of these characters that we've met along the way? And how do we close up some of these stories? And I think the Betty storyline, which has been you know, Vi's ever-present threat to Sam Landry. Like, I'm going to go find Betty, and she's going to get you straight, and you know she's going to get you straight. And we learn now really a lot about their backstory that we didn't know. You know, we had met Parker, who is their their daughter, who was a, a shock to the to border loans that she existed. And then now we meet Betty, who has kind of really decided she didn't want anything to do with St. Joe's, with that history. She's a bit estranged from her daughter. What do you think, as as Vi and Hollywood show up just out of the blue, that Betty's mindset was going into this? Was she 
Well, her first initial reaction was like, I don't want none of that. Because she left because, you know, young love is pure. And at the moment, because we've all been in love at that age. Yeah, and it's so real and so beautiful. And when it's tainted, especially when somebody's parent comes and tells you, you're not good enough for my child. But the child loves you and you, you think it's forever mm -hmm. at that time. And then they don't stand up for you. Yeah. And then you're cast away. Mm -hmm. She didn't want anything to do with that. Going back, that was the last thing she wanted to do. But then she realized she owed it to Vi, mm -hmm. you know, because of how they stood up for her. Mm -hmm. Her, you know, mm -hmm. Ernest, they, right. they stood up for her. So she had no choice. And then what parent doesn't want to save their child? Yeah. I'm a mother of two daughters and two successful daughters. So I know what that's like to have, you know, somebody with the little hip moving. You know, thinking they know more than you. And sometimes you have to, like, pull them pull back. Pull them back a little bit. Pull them back. So she didn't want anything to do with that. But she knew she had an obligation. I feel like, it, you know, as you get into the Betty storyline and this idea that Sam Landry was in love with this black woman. Right. Who, you know. For there the lies life. the problem. Man. She was a black woman. She was a black right. woman. And his daddy wasn't going for it. If I was some little Southern Belle, it would have been Man, okay. And they probably wouldn't divorce. Probably wouldn't. But, that, you know, I think that Sam and Betty were really in love, though. Mm -hmm. I and agree. they may have been still married. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I yeah. think they had that kind of love, yeah. you know. There, there's a, a moment in, in episode one of this season where Sam shows up at the baby uh, dedication in the backyard. Mm-hmm. And Vi makes her veiled threat, you know, of, are you sure you want to do this, Sam? Like, you know, and I always feel like that threat is rooted in, I know your business. I know, I know the people in your business. Mm -hmm. And he had this really, I thought, vulnerable moment where he's like, I had no choice. You know, mm -hmm. like there was a, there was a, a, a general vulnerability to the fact that Betty still means something to him. Oh, he loved her. I have yeah. no doubt. And Betty has no doubt. Yeah. He loved her. And I think the viewing audience We'll see in the scene that we did already did that it was it was still just that much love and and nostalgia mm -hmm. and tension mm -hmm. you know it was a mix of of that so I, I there's no doubt he loved her and there's no doubt in Betty's mind that he still loves her because he looks at her when he looked at her he go mm. and she's like boy don't even try. <laughs> But I also think there's some <laughs> guilt there, too, on his behalf. Well, he, he knows that he didn't step up. He knows that he caused all of the free fall that happened as a result of him mm -hmm. just kowtowing to his father. Mm -hmm. That's a that's a heavy burden to carry for all those like years. Like you see, at the time he thought he didn't have a choice. We right. always have a choice. Of course. But it depends on your age and maturity. Yeah. You know how to make a choice. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, you have a choice and you make it. But he, he made a choice. He made a choice. Yeah. It wasn't his, his choice, choice, but he made but he a choice. he made a choice, yeah. Mm -hmm. What do you think about how that left Parker? Because I thought that was a very interesting yeah. reconnection with Betty and Parker. Well, she she was left with no information. Yeah. She didn't have all the information to really understand where where she grew from, mm -hmm. the love she came from, mm -hmm. what happened, mm -hmm. why are my parents together, why why is this this ener this energy. You know, why are they using me as a pawn? Mm -hmm. Exactly. She didn't have the all the information. So, And then if you're with one parent more than the other and they sell you the bill of goods, you know, I mean, there's, there's people who go through this every day right now in real life that are sharing a child and one parent is speaking yeah. poorly against the other one. And it changes the way it that changes child changes the way sees. the child yeah. perce perceives that other parent. Yeah. And that unit then yeah. becomes strained. Yeah. And the, relation, the individual relationships 
become strange. Parker has been such a an interesting character for us because she has that edge. She's shrewd. She's smart. She code switches in a way that allows her to operate in Landry's world. But we see her, and even her more mischievous sides this season, like that she can still be kind of like that black girl that you meet at the grocery store, even if yeah. she's using it to her own good. She got that from her mama. She and, like, no, exactly. Yeah. Now, that's what I really... That was hereditary. That's yeah. what I really liked is when you guys get together, you can kind of feel... You know, that as much as she's, you know, Sam Landry's daughter, she's Betty's daughter, too. Yeah. Well, you know, children, they have the best, the best of the both best worlds. The best of both worlds. It's yeah. true. That's true. She came on the scene, though, hard. When mm-hmm. that scene, when she first, when she's first introduced, there mm-hmm. is nothing. You, nobody's expecting that. No. You know. So, Shore Miller, it's now been seven seasons, seven, roughly seven years mm-hmm. of, of Queen Sugar. Mm-hmm. The shows has so many firsts and so many distinguished things about what was accomplished. But one main thing was, and you've been in this business a long time, that it only had women directors. Mm-hmm. It, it it literally, you know, I don't think there's another show, certainly not that ran that long over more than one season that was so committed to not just women, but first time directing women. What do you think the impact of that is? I think there's there's several um, several avenues. One is that you are allowing people that have the skill set to go out and do the work. They just weren't given the opportunity. Um, that right there is amazing. That's a game changer for the industry, not just for the series. I've always said that Queen Sugar is a game changer since season one mm-hmm. because of the way, because of the approach. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been making TV shows for years, but it's about how you approach it. Mm-hmm. And Ava and Oprah have given given us the carte blanche to do that, which is pretty damn amazing. Yeah. Um, then you have the relationship that they the first time directors women have with the crew, because the crew are not their first for the most part. So it's a hand in hand to teach, to grow, to learn. And everybody helps everybody. That doesn't happen everywhere. There are first-time directors that go on sets and they are um, not given the respect that they should get as a director. Mm -hmm. And that never happened at Queen Sugar. Um, We never, for the most part, didn't have a lot of people come back because they were already booked and busy on something Mm -hmm. else. You know, even if we wanted to get them back, we couldn't get them back. And we had them from all different formats, whether they had done music videos, if they had done theater, you know, independent uh, movies, um, but never the television format. So everybody brought something different to the table. And, you know, when you bring a lot of people together doing a lot of different things, you get magic. I had talked about this before uh, with one of the directors that was on. There were really distinct images I had of one season in Queen Sugar where we had, uh, we were being on the scout, you know, when the, all the other teams come in, you are, are shooting one episode while the other team is prepping the other episode. And I'd be in the van as the lone man. I'd be the only guy in the van. Oh, yeah. The first AD was a woman. Now the you know how we was feel. A woman. Absolutely. Uh, the location manager was a woman. The van driver was a woman. The only person who was a guy was me, the line producer. And then the last two seasons, they've had a woman as a line producer, too. What do you think that effect is for 
you know, I don't know, maybe crew coming up? Is it, or even maybe crew that works for you now? What impact do you think that those images, that ability to work in an environment like that can do or should do after Queen Sugar? Because we're done now. I think it, it lets people know that you can do it, that you don't have to have a ceiling, that you can go ahead and pursue your dreams. I get so many phone calls or text messages or emails just to thank you. Thank you for giving me a chance. Thank you for seeing me. Thank you for sharing the knowledge that you have, the wisdom that you have um, with me, because not everybody's doing that. And I don't know why people don't want to share. Everybody can't do everything. You can't. And, and you're not, but the thing is, you're not born into no you're not born into being a producer or director or creator you have to learn it like you learn everything else and i have been blessed in the fact that i've had great teachers Mm -hmm. you know and because i can sit and listen and i don't get my feelings hurt you know okay all right we're not going to do it that way this next time we're going to do it a different way but you when you learn you grow Mm -hmm. you know and um it's about being able to receive what you hear, as opposed to, my father always said, you have um, two eyes, no, two ears, one, no, what is it? You better two, have two eyes, too. Two, two, wait a minute. Two ears and one mouth. Oh. You're supposed to listen more than you talk. Right. And when you're listening, you're observing. You're seeing what's going on around you. You're seeing how other people act, react, and it grows. It helps. It stimulates you. Being at that event that Ava and Oprah did at the Directors Guild, Mm -hmm. that was so, I mean, I was in tears. I was like, oh my God, I wish I could have directed, you know, been one of the directors, but I was just so happy to finally be on the show because I mean, when I say that, I mean, I'm serious. I've been a fan of the show since season one. And, you know, you look us up as an actress, go, oh God, I would really like to do that show. You know, so when it came along, it was like, it was a no brainer. But to sit there that evening Mm -hmm. and watch this, all these beautiful women, all different colors, shapes, yeah. and sizes, up on that stage, share their testimony. It was so encouraging as a still, you know, young, somewhat young director myself, because they had the same voice of, I didn't have an opportunity. Yeah. Right. Everybody else said, well, come back to me when you get it. Yeah. Right. Well, how do yeah. I come back to you? If How do I get it? Yeah. And Ava was like, I got you. Mm-hmm. And to hear the story about like you, Cheryl, you you went from here to there and the people she brought up that was PAs and you did this. And you're right, that's what it's about. And I've, I've always been a fan of hers, but I was like, oh, gee, I, I told her, girl, you are a oh, gee. Because, <laughs> no, serious, because mm-hmm. that was gangster to say to the industry, oh, yeah. don't care how y'all normally do it, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. Right. And it matters, and I think that you're going to see shifts and changes in a lot of people's sets now. Mm-hmm. You know, it is. Yeah. I, I bet because it, it matters is. and it and it worked. What's important yeah. is it, it was. It was. You know, it's interesting because when you look back, I mean, it was back in the day when nobody had ever heard of the show Queen Sugar. You know, it was a it was a book that wasn't something that people were thinking. Oh, I can see how that's going to be made right. into a TV mm-hmm. series. Ava hadn't done TV really before that. Certainly. On own, there wasn't really a show that kind of was telling the stories that Queen Sugar told at the time. And so when you look at kind of like the the mix of all of those different events that led to the show and now the legacy of all these women that got opportunities that gone into the industry in a new way, in a way that 
people are like, oh, yeah, of course, we should hire all these women. And, and as Cheryl said, one of the reasons that we didn't bring a lot of them back is they were working. Right. But it's amazing, you know, which is wonderful. I love that story that, that Ava told. She said, she went to Oprah, she said, oh, I got an idea. Oprah, let's have all women directors and we're going to do all women. And, and Oprah said, well, can we do that? She said, yeah, uh, it's your network. We can do what we want. And Oprah said, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> I love that story. That was so yeah. funny. And yeah. just to take that chance, it worked. It was great yeah. and inspiring. I was so inspired when I left there. Yeah. So inspired. So imagine if you're a PA on Queen Sugar and this is your first entree into the industry. Mm -hmm. Man, it opens up so many eyes, so many doors, and just the exposure. What was that one story? With, I, I can't remember the young sister's name. Uh, but she went from PA, yeah, Sierra. Oh, Sierra, and then she went to uh, Writer's Room, yeah. and and then she directed. And I was talking to her after the event. She booked till January. Oh yeah, oh, she yeah. Worked. And she left. She left film school. Yeah. To work with Ava. Yeah, we met. And now her they're on... calling her to go back to finish film school. She's yeah. like, I'm good. I got my card. I'm good. We, <laughs> we met Sierra. And we were shooting in Alabama, which Ava has family there. But we were shooting in Alabama for Selma, mm -hmm. and she was a student, and she came and PA'd for us. Yep, sure did. Um, and was really on fire to, you know, figure out what to do next. Like she was, she saw these brown people. She saw brown women in leadership. And she was like, I want to be doing this. Moved to L.A. And we hired her as a cast PA on season one of Queen Sugar. She um, was at Ralph Angel's farm at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, yeah. She was committed. Before the crew start. It wasn't an easy task. The fact that she just... Yeah. And she dove into it. Yeah. And I think it is the, the quintessential success story of the show because, you know, look, Sierra was going to work hard no matter what show she worked on. Mm -hmm. right? Correct. She was going to put her whole heart into it because it's just who she is as, a, as an artist. But I think the mix of, you know, Ava, the mix of Oprah, the, the content of what the show was and how it spoke to really her generation – it was a no-brainer that that's the way it was going to go. Mm -hmm. She was going to end up directing an episode. She deserved yeah. it. And she's done so well afterwards. It was The whole premise behind it wasn't that she just wanted to give opportunities. I think the whole premise of it was that, you know, people deserve these opportunities. Right. It wasn't like a gift. Like, the premise of you need to be, you know, do something so special to get this opportunity, all of those women had done it. You know, they had all directed something, led something, creatively been in charge of something. And if they had been somebody else, they would have gotten that opportunity. And they were a long, long time before that. Yeah. Before right. she presented yeah. the opportunity to them. Yeah. I mean, even like Patricia Cardosa had directed Real Women Have Curves. Like she had directed a, a successfully yeah. movie and couldn't get a TV opportunity. And some of them have been directing for like 15 years. Yeah. And, well, and, and Julie Dash. Yeah. yeah. And Nima Barnett. Nima I mean, Barnett. I've yeah. known, you know, yeah. know a, lot, a lot of those sisters up there. But it was it was just a beautiful night. It was so inspiring. Yeah. The alumni of the directors on Queen Sugar is pretty yeah. impressive. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very impressive. And my good girlfriend, Sally. Oh, yeah. yeah. See her. Yeah. Her trajectory since that has been yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah. She was another one. I mean, she was trying, you know, as an actor. And you know that difficult transition because mm -hmm. once they know you as an actor it's kind of hard like wait you, you direct too i don't understand how can Trust you do me, both yeah. i know you know and uh <laughs> sally was had run right into that you know mm -hmm. like well you know maybe we'll give you an episode after five seasons or you know they, they kind of dangle the carrot over you but you know she made that transition i don't think she's looking back oh she 
She ain't she's not. looking back. Nope. She's not. <laughs> so, you know, now having come to Queen Sugar and experiencing that process, I mean, you've been on a lot of sets. You've been, you know, in and out of productions. You know the, the nitty-gritty of it all. Is there a difference in that process when you have, like, you know, that leadership like you do with women oh, in charge? It's, it's it's a difference just in the energy of the people. Mm-hmm. Not only women, but it's everybody. It's a collective energy. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're right. Every set's different. Some you feel immediately at home, which when you do when you go to Queen Sugar. Some you have to navigate a little differently. Some you have to tiptoe and mm-hmm. you just want to be, do your work, go home, you know, be heard, not seen, seen, not heard, whatever, just mm-hmm. kind of move. Right. And then some you want to go in and just, like, just take it all, like, and it's a fun ride. And because I know some of the cast members, that was just, you know, Tina I've known for years. Omar's one of my drinking buddies when we on the road. I've known Cheryl for a thousand years. Yeah. You know, so when you go somewhere and it's like family, you know, for me, it was it was a twofold. So happy to be on the set and so disappointed. I'm like, the last season, really? <laughs> Betty could have came back, y'all. <laughs> Betty could have come back in season three, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Betty could have come back in season eight, nine, and ten. <laughs> so it was, but it's just like this. I said, you know what? I barely made it, but, psh, but I did. made it. <laughs> yes, you did. So, no, it was just a beautiful experience because the moment I stepped on set, I felt like I was home. Mm. And it was just, you know, that warm and fuzzy feeling. Every day you look up, it's like you go to work like this, down to the fun in the hair and makeup room, which we mm-hmm. all know as actress, that's the beginning of your day. It is. You got to have a slamming up. You got to have a slamming hair and makeup, mm-hmm. you know, trailer. From that to just talking to your cast members in between setups and, you know, your wardrobe, it just was like, yeah, it just felt, it felt like an easy fit for me. Mm-hmm. On behalf of all of the crew, and the cast, we thank you because that's huge. No, that's huge. I'm sincere too. Yeah, that's huge. Because I've been on a lot of sets. Like I said, some of you just kind of go, like, Good morning, hello. <laughs> you know, it's like, Get that check and leave. Mm-hmm. And then some you you don't ever want it to end. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it just feels good. Yeah. This is 7 Eleven. There's two more episodes after this episode. Oof. We'll see the aftermath of Betty visiting St. Joe's and what that leads to with the family and the farm and the land and the people. I mean, you haven't seen the rest of the episodes. What's your prediction? I don't know. <laughs> but I, I, you know what? And this is silly because we all know this is not a real story. I felt good walking away from that episode because I knew I did good. I did what I was supposed to do. I got that land and I gave it to Ralph Angel so he could do what he needed to do. I mean, I felt like Vanessa had done good. Vanessa did real good. You know what I'm saying? It's like, Vanessa, you're not really Betty. This didn't really happen, so calm down. (laughs) But I felt like... I did something, you know. Mm. So I, I, Betty feels good about what she did. Okay. So, but no matter what happens, she all right. She did her part. She did her part. She did her part. And she yeah. did it well. Yeah. And she did it well. <laughs> I saved the day that episode. You did. Yeah. You did. And who knows? You <laughs> might have. You might have saved the. Farm. I was like the superhero, honey. I yeah, saved the day. Where's your cape, girl? <laughs> I saved the day. <laughs> all right. So we have a, a little piece of this where we like to try to stomp the guests, try to give a question that is very difficult to answer. Ooh. I feel success when I'm able to get to a point where you all are like, yeah, I, I have no idea. So, I, you know, try to go somewhat obscure, but keep it connected in some way to your experiences or maybe something you should have reconciled as you 
did your part or worked on the show. So I'm gonna start with you, Vanessa. Good. I'm scared. <laughs> That's why I say I'm good. Scared, Paul. But go ahead. I mean. Betty is Violet's best friend ever. Right. She was there through the thick and thin till she Teenagers left together. Teenagers grew, together. Grew up. Grew up. What is the that. name of Violet's ex-husband? A uh, 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 Greer. That but that, that's not, I asked uh, who the actor was. <laughs> I asked what the man's oh, name is. Shoot, what's his name? And I say it in my life, mm. too. Mm. Oh, David Allen Greer, what was his name? See, I know who played it. <laughs> See, you know. Oh, and I said it in my lines. Oh, Lord. I cannot remember the name right now of the character. What is it, Cheryl Miller? Jimmy Dale. Jimmy, that's right. Jimmy Dale. Jimmy, Jimmy Dale. Dale. Oof. Piece of work. Piece of work. I knew who played it. <laughs> I, you get a point. <laughs> Cheryl and he had a white beard. He did have he a white did. beard. See? I actually yeah. liked him in his white beard. Yeah. <laughs> he showed up in that beard. That was his real beard. Yeah, that I was know. not prosthetic. That was I know beard. that was his beard. <laughs> that was his beard. Um, well, I don't even know what you're going to ask. Well, I know it's hard for you because you've been on the show since the beginning. Mm-hmm. I, I know exactly what I'm going to ask you. What about the snakes in the car? No, I'm not going to. Oh, we can talk about the snakes no. in the car. So let me tell you this story. Make sure you tell the truth. I, I always tell the truth. Okay. It's my truth. Right. All I can tell is my own truth. It's true. So Cheryl Miller, apparently, from what I've been told, is very afraid of snakes. Now, the one thing that you can't control in southern Louisiana is that they're snakes. We carry a snake wrangler every time we shoot out in a field in any kind of green area. One day, the snake handler was very proficient in catching snakes very proficient he did a good job that day he earned his keep that day he did he had a bag of snakes I was how many did he catch it's probably about five or six okay right i, don't, I believe none of them were venomous but they okay. were snakes nonetheless right. but all you don't we, know that all we were doing was I mean, Cheryl miller is the production supervisor of the show she's responsible for understanding the safety for the crew how much money we're spending like does even see that your money is going being well spent for the snake mm-hmm. handler all we were doing, me and the snake handler, was trying to show Cheryl the bag of snakes that he had captured that day. She was sitting in her car. I walk up and say, hey, Cheryl Miller. And she's like, what's in that bag? Even before I even said anything. I, and I look over and she notices, I guess I'm with the snake handler. And we look back and Cheryl's gone. Now, we're like, it's an empty field. Where's Cheryl at? Cheryl done rolled down. She done fell down and rolled away. Well, you don't do that on a field where there's more snakes there's possibly. More snakes. Yeah. So... Can I edit? That is not the story? That is not the story. Okay. What's the story, Cheryl Miller? The story is I'm in my Jeep Wrangler. I'm working, minding my own self-business. Paul and the Snake Wrangler are in the vehicle next to me. They're in the trunk. And I see him out of my peripheral vision. And I know when they have a bag that it's a bag of snakes. There's nothing else that they could have. And so my window was down. Paul and Tuna came over. It was Tuna, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tuna came over with the bag of snakes. My window's down, and as they come to the, through the the passenger side, I go through the driver's side and get the hell out because I don't do she snakes. Knows snakes right? I don't do snakes. So that's a way for Cheryl Miller to just get in her car and drive back to Atlanta, and you all finish the series. And that'll I don't I hope it works out for you. But yeah, I'm Cheryl Miller's not doing that. That said, she didn't verify the bag of snakes. 
do I really need to? <laughs> I mean, the big bag like this, you know, and they swiveling around in there. No, I don't need And to, to her that day, the money was well spent. It was well spent. <laughs> it was well spent. So this doesn't get you out of the question that I oh, have to ask. It was a good try, though. Early on in the, in, the, in the filmmaking process of Queen Sugar is we were doing our research on the process of milling sugar. We visited multiple times a particular sugar refinery mm-hmm. that eventually I think we overwore, overwore our welcome and they said, yeah, you don't have to come back again. Yeah. But do you remember the name of the sugar refinery? It had a name. It was off of that Gramercy exit, and it looks like a rust. Um, I don't think she knows. Damn, dang. And I hate me by myself. I hate for him to win. You know, I really do. Okay, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. This is only a half-hour show, so. <laughs> She's like me. She can remember all the things around. It did not take that Right, point. right. I mean, I feel like we're just kind of circling here. Yeah, I don't know. It's okay, sure, we stand with yeah. solidarity. United. We United. Both, we both didn't know, so go ahead. Oh, yes, that is it. And see, that was that my same it. Rex. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that that, that, yeah. Right at the tip of the tongue. Right. right. I mean, I was right off the freeway exit, mm. way out there. Mm. You know, get off at of Gramercy and, you know. Oh. Since she can tell you how to get there, she just can't remember. So, so since we're telling stories about Cheryl Muller. Oh, Lord. One other thing that I really appreciated over the years about Cheryl, I was a... A big fan of shooting out in Vashery, which you didn't get the opportunity to visit, but that's the farm. Okay. But it's an hour outside New Orleans. It's a it's a drive. And and we typically, because our DP loves sunrise, we would typically be on Mondays out there at four AM, five AM. Uh, and it was on you know, so you left Louisiana, I mean New Orleans at like three to right. get there. Cheryl Miller had a tendency over and over again to miss the exit. Now when you miss an exit <laughs> On that freeway, you got to go like 40 minutes away before you can come Turn back. Out. And I can't tell you how many times I'd be like, sure, where are you at? She'd be down in the next town. Because I'm on the phone talking to him. And so he distracted me. I missed it. And that's another. And it's dark. And, and it's another 20 minutes. And it's dark. I'm it's 20 ready. minutes there and then 20 minutes it's back. back. It'd be 40 minutes. But I was like, but it's dark too, so she can't it see. Is. It's, it's dark 30. That's, right. when we, that's when you go to work and that's when you get off of work. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, yeah. You think that's funny, huh? I do. Well, look, those were good times. They are good times. They're all good times. It's one of those things where as you look at the show, the seven years, you know, be it an actor who comes in in the last season and kills it and does this great performance that really... Thank you, Bob. Absolutely. (laughs) Agreed. But, you know, really kind of pulls this character off of the page and makes it somebody that we can relate to and see. To Cheryl, who is one of you know the key collaborators in the show that moved up like many of the crew did into power to positions of power. We couldn't do the show without either of them. Oh um, yeah. And um, although it's coming to an end, I'm hoping that the memories and and the uh, legacy of what the show is and how we've all contributed to it lasts and thank you guys very much it is as a fan i'm gonna miss seeing it and as an actress i'm just so happy that i was a part of it until i see the last episode i don't think i really understand cheryl you're not going back to queen sugar in january but uh and that's bittersweet you know because it's been such an amazing ride and i you and ava afforded me so many opportunities that i I wasn't thinking about um, it coming to an end, and to watch it come to an end—that's uh, kind of yeah. Well, we have a few more weeks of watching it on air. Yeah. And hopefully, uh, you know, you never know. Maybe there'll be some spinoff one day. The Betty story. 
Uh, you know, hey. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you, Paul Garns. Mm-hmm.